you are being watched. The government has a secret system, a podcast that recounts every episode of Person of Interest. I know, because we made it. We designed the podcast to continue our bullshit, but we see everything. Random numbers of the week. People like you. Episodes the average viewer deems irrelevant. You wouldn't watch it, so we did. But I needed partners. Someone who had never watched this before. Hunted by weirdos on the internet, we record in secret. You will never find them. But, newbie or diehard, if your episode's up, we will find you. Hello, and welcome to the library for Podcast of Interest. This is a rewatch podcast for Person of Interest, featuring two veteran operatives and one newly initiated. My name is Justin, and joining me are my two associates, my veteran operative Jude and our new recruit Anna. Jude, Anna, when was the last time you were abducted by a crazy terrorist? Uh, let's see. My son turned six in, at the end of July, so six and a bit years ago. <laughs> I'm not sure that I have an answer for that one. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh. When did you it's get okay. cats? I've always had cats. <laughs> literally. Liter- we don't negotiate with cats. We just rel- relinquish them. <laughs> literally some of the very first pictures of me as a baby are with the cats. Cat was, in fact, my first word. All right. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Welcome to season two. This is where things start to get fun. Yeah. Yeah, we are now we are going to be covering season two, episodes one and two, the contingency and bad code. Um, I've already done the joke once tonight, so I'm doing the contingency first. So I'll take it away. <laughs> uh, this is written by Denise Tay and Jonathan Nolan, and directed by Richard J. Lewis. What's this? An episode with A and B plots <laughs> that both are important. Okay. Our number of the week is given to John via payphone, where he is given a cryptic series of words. After some searching, John finds that these correspond to books in Harold's library, with their Dewey numbers used to make social security numbers. John realizes that he is the contingency, the fallback if Harold has disappeared. Our number, as it turns out, is Leon Tao, an investment Bless. banker who stole millions of dollars from the Aryan nation. <laughs> John is able to rescue Leon from being executed, but Fusco lets Leon escape from lockup. Fusco and Tao get captured. They both get ball gags. <laughs> John comes to the rescue by utilizing his knowledge of Dutch to command a Belgian Malinois attack dog to turn traitor on Nazis. This is an actual sentence that I had to write. <laughs> this, is a, this is such a such a wild episode. <laughs> John is able to track down the dead forger who gave Root her fake DMV card. And while running from white supremacists, John makes a demand of the machine. Help him find Harold or he stops helping people. John gets another number and he is able to help stop the Aryan dudes with help from Carter and a grenade launcher. However, all of the bearer bonds that Leon Tao stole, the dog ate them. So his name is now Bear. No. <laughs> oh, right. I bet you were wondering about Harold, too. Yeah, we, we've left you in a bit of a lurch. It's, a, it's been a couple weeks since we did a person feature spawn, and last we saw he got kidnapped. Um, oh, oh, Root is just threatening to kill innocent people if he tries to escape. That's great. That's great. They make their way to a fancy seaside restaurant where Root poisons a woman and uses her phone to send a message to someone. It turns out that someone is a White House lawyer who Root subdues with, perf- with her preferred secondary method of incapacitation. A syringe. 
preferred primary method of incapacitation taser will come next time in our next episode. <laughs> our flashback for this episode starts with day one of the machine with Fisk asking it if it can see him. Finch tests the machine on things like finding him, expanding its problem solving, and even trying to win at blackjack. However, when leaving a casino, the machine saves Finch from a driver asleep at the wheel, and Finch says this has to stop. He insists the machine is there to save everyone, not just him. Bear! 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 Uh, I don't think we're going to make any attempt to pretend that uh, Bear does not become a staple cast member of this show. Uh, I love Bear. Uh, all you out there who may be watching the show along with us, uh, I will do like I always do with animals and TV shows and give you the assurance that you're looking for. Bear never dies. You can comfortably watch this show without the fear that Bear will die. Thank you. I would literally not have watched this show. I would have stopped watching this show if they had killed Bear. Any any injury he has in this series is like minimal at best. Yes. They give him a doggy, they give him like a doggy Kevlar jacket and He's just a good boy and he's invincible. Yeah, there's a scene at one point where like John is pulling out like gear from the trunk and he like pulls on his his bulletproof vest and then he puts one on Bear. Beautiful. It's, this dog I love Bear. is the best. This dog is A, gorgeous, B, incredibly well-trained, and C, just the best boy. Yeah. Um, Bear is a Belgian Malinois. Yeah, and, and is also clearly like having... A lot of fun playing bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's the scene where John gives the first command to him in like the, the, the white supremacist like hideout. And the dog, like he gives the first command in Dutch, and the dog sits and is just like tug out, panting, happy yeah. as hell. And it's like, I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. I'm following orders. I'm a great actor. It's very good. There is a scene in a future episode uh, involving Finch, Bear, and Fetch uh, <laughs> that takes us to the next level. And it's so good. One of the things I adore about Bear is I started watching Person of Interest with my wife right around the time when we got our first dog. And so for me... Seeing Bear reminds me of my dog Siri as a puppy and like how she was insatiable with the ball and stuff. So it's very fun to <laughs> Justin and I were dying waiting for you to watch this episode so we could talk about Bear. And it's it's funny because like you two were like, yeah, just wait until season two. We're going to get a new cast member. We're going to get a new <laughs> cast member. I, I watched this episode on like initially I was like, it's Tao, right? Or like first, first it was like we watched the the end of season one, and I thought it was like the NSA analyst. Um, yeah. I was like, he's going to be joining, and then I was like, is it Tao? Is Tao going to be joining? Is, is it going to be Leon? And then I was like, no, it's the dog. Yeah, the dog is our new <laughs> cast member. It's funny on equal footing. Yeah, although I do love Leon Tao. Uh, yeah, he he is great. We don't really do a whole lot of spoiler coverage here uh but i do love that leon is our only repeat number on the show <laughs> i think there, i think there might be like one or two but he's the only three timer yeah. he's a, a repeat number offender and like <laughs> it's just so good god i love leon every time every time you see his like his actor's name in there 
Um, you're just like, shit's going down. Yeah. <laughs> At least so far, he's up there with Zoe for me in terms of like the amount that I love him. Yeah, I would say that's about accurate for very different reasons. But yeah. like, he just has he just has a really like fun chaos energy to him that I really appreciate because he him and John together are great because like he just doesn't he just cannot hang with John's death train energy at all (laughs) oh yeah and and this like what chaos energy to be like well i got this i got this the economy was tight and i got this job but it turned out it was with the aryan nation so instead of like you know quitting my job i just stole all their money and thought it would be fine yeah see that is direct action (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i mean crazy it's so everybody should be more likely on tau and defraud the aryan nation (laughs) Um, he is played by Ken Lung, who, um, you, you know what? You probably know him from Lost <laughs> or X-Men 3, The Last Stand, where he played Kid Omega. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I can't make that up. Wow. Remember, this is X-Men 3, so no adaptation of any character is, like, even remotely comics accurate, but he is listed as Kid Omega. I know I've seen that movie, but I think I've completely blocked it from my memory. I mean, you're better than we are for that. <laughs> I think I just have a cognitive block. I can remember nothing from that film other than the fact that I definitely have watched it. Trust That's me. the only thing I remember. You, yeah. You're better off. Okay, let's move on uh, from our guest stars. This episode is doing like two really good things. First of all, I love the book thing. Dewey Decimal thing. Um, hold on, hold on. Can we get, can we get like a... Can we get like a- sound effect because it's time for Justin's library corner. <laughs> Shh. Shh. So, I looked up what each of the numbers each of the each of the Dewey numbers are. Sadly, 013 is an unassigned number in Dewey. Rip. Though if it starts with a zero digit, it's considered like general interest. 006, which is the second book, uh relates to unusual computer technologies like AI. Of <laughs> uh, 062 sadly is not as interesting. It's concerning organizations in the British Isles, unions and interesting. stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so sadly not as irrelevant, but the, the second one I thought was very funny. I was just like, yeah, that's oh, funny. Hey, yeah. That's the, where you put where you put a book for AI. Yeah. Other ones that I can remember off the top of my head are 741 or comic books, like comic strips. Uh, 641 or cooking books. <laughs> nice. Nice. I really like the, the flashback to Harold teaching the machine. In the first season, I don't think we really, the machine is very much removed from the action. It's a mm-hmm. uh, a narrative device in the story. And this is where it starts yeah. becoming a character in the story. And yeah. I love that the first thing you see it doing is behaving like a child, learning. Mm-hmm. And if that is not like a fucking subtle but bangerang mission statement for where the show is going... Uh, <laughs> boy, this is a show that really rewards the rewatch because you really don't appreciate like how audacious a fucking opener that is until you sit down and rewatch and you realize that's the first thing they sh- they sit down and they tell you in this episode that that's the first thing the machine does is learn. Yeah. Can we have a little bit of... Are, is it going to be oh, a headphones ahead. moment? No, I'll let, you, I'll let you have your thought, then I'll call for a headhunt. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I love with those flashbacks as well, I'm not sure how intentional this was, but I think it does show the complexity of, like, it's it's a 
very early highlight at at the complexity of the machine's programming because Mm -hmm. not only is it winning at blackjack it's not getting caught for counting cards yeah Yeah. (laughs) which is the that's the that's the more impressive thing because any schmuck can count cards it's it's the real pros who don't get tossed out of the casino and Right, right. It has assessed the 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 necessary like threat conditions there and has found the right balance early yeah. early on. Yeah, that that Harold isn't Harold isn't tossed out for counting cards and that's that's I think like a very subtle point showing not just that the machine has like learned the optimal strategy but it has learned the actual optimum strategy that's, that means that they're not going to get caught for cheating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that counting cards is actually cheating because like anybody can count numbers and memorize yeah, things. Yeah, anyway. it's not cheating. It's just the casinos don't like you doing it. So, headphone moment, baby. So, let's talk about the first line of season two. Can you hear me? Well, it's can you see me? But that yeah. is going to be, I think, either the last line of season two or can you hear me? Is either going to be the last line of season two or the first line of season three? Uh, God mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which which one they do it in, but I it, it's the fact and that becomes the machine's calling card. Yeah. You know, anytime it's it's the first thing it asks whenever you pick up a phone. And I'm just like and it was the first time I noticed that. And I'm like, I have mm-hmm. watched this show like, you know, three or four times. And I was like, probably like my fifth rewatch. It's, I'm like, I was just like, fuck, it's there. Yeah, right. It is. I I love how much it has. They gave they they intentionally make it model itself after Finch. You know yeah. what I mean? I love that. Yeah, and it feels like I mean, like knowing that I'm like, God, it's just such a ramp up of like it is becoming a character now, and I love it. It's yep. perfect. Anyway. Yeah, it was something that I didn't notice my first four times watching this show. <laughs> All uh, I know is that you two were very excited about something. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about, like, how Root... Okay. Root's going to become, like, a little bit more stable as a character as we go on. But, wow, she's just full-on, like... She's the kind of... Unhinged. She is, like... There's well, a word for this where you're, like... You're going to we're going to learn in the next yeah. episode a bit about like her villain origin story. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of makes sense that that's her starting point. Like her starting point is that she fucking whipped ass at Oregon Trail and was disillusioned by the system. That's where she started. Yeah. And then she moved immediately from there to credit fraud and framing someone for murder. And like setting someone up to be killed by a Mexican drug gang, like that's a steep grade. Okay, we'll we'll get to that in the next episode, but that is not a Mexican drug gang. <laughs> Whatever, I, I'm. It's some kind of a criminal gang that's running an enterprise. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Wasn't it a drug gang? Oh no, it's a it, it's a totally it's totally just a hit. That, no, that was just the local cops and everything being racist. Yeah, because oh. it's like they pull up in like a pristine SUV. And it's just a couple of white dudes with handguns. Okay. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Anyway, Root starts out there and just, just Root takes is off. Root a person who is like on a forum in 2011 
who is at who's like has a locked thread that has like 10,000 posts in it advocating for why the human race needs to be exterminated or given control <laughs> of to an AI. Groot is the person who makes Ro- Roku's Basilisk. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, um, <laughs> don't ever Google Roku's Basilisk because it'll just give you like, it'll keep you up at night and you'll, you'll hate it. Just don't look it up. <laughs> uh, I I will note that my Roku is called Basilisk. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Fuck you. Affectionate. Uh, I love that her ultimate goal here is the way she talks about the machine in this episode is great. Yeah. And I love that that's that her arc is that she's going to aim herself at the machine and then some sh- like her entire she was off doing her thing, being a an agent of absolute goddamn mayhem. And then she bounced off Finch and John and figured out the machine and it just like gravity just deflects the whole course of her existence into an entirely new direction. And I think watching how that happens, watching how the existence of the machine redirects her is one of the best parts of this show. I'm really looking forward to what we see about her in the future. So I have a big thing that I want to kind of talk about, which is that this might be me monologuing for a minute here, but so I'm currently, I'm currently just at the moment going to a conference for like statistics and data science. And one of the big themes this year uh, has been data equity, Jedi issues, et cetera. Et cetera. And, you know, including a bunch of panels and things like that on <laughs> things like ethics and bias in algorithms and AI. Um, can I, can I back you up for just one second? Yeah. Jedi issues? Uh, justice, ex- equity, diversity, and inclusion. That's less exciting <laughs> than I, w- I thought great, it was going honestly. to be. Carry on. I, I love that acronym. It's fantastic. I, None of I, those I are things that the Jedi specialized in. Carry on. Oh, burn! <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I was, I was just, you know, observing a panel today where people were talking about the, in, in particular, that there's this perception among the general public, that if you make math slash a computer do it, it's neutral, um, which is not the case. Um, yeah. That it's, you know, whatever, you know, your algorithm or your AI or whatever is always going to reflect your own biases, the, the biases of the data that you feed into it, your intentions while building it, um, what safeguards you put in. And I think that that's actually exemplified quite nicely in this show Mm -hmm. that I feel like the, the machine is not at least what I've seen of it so far is not this like neutral entity. It is, you know, an entity created and raised and taught by Harold. Yeah. Accurate. And, and I'm really interested to see, to see where that goes. And, and it's something that like, you know, I, it's just, it's just funny how these two things like just intersected on my personal timeline <laughs> this week. That's funny. Um, I'd also like to say that 
I am aghast at how quickly John appears to find all of those books in that library because, like, he doesn't know the numbers. He's going based off of looking for the first word in the title. And he's a spy. He, <laughs> he's a spy. He is. Uh, he like you. you you've got to be able to take in large amounts of information and figure out the exact thing you need quickly. It's like the one thing John can do. In a yeah, it's really impressive. Pa- so. Pattern it's recognition, like, it's his only skill. Like, yeah. John has like, like a good three, job, John. John has like a three in traffic analysis. <laughs> yeah, that's a gumshoe reference. I also appreciate the truly ancient webcam that we see yes. as Harold God, is training that, the machine. With like, his Nokia phone. Gosh, yes. That, that's, there's so much funny about that scene, but the main one is, God, how do you have your, how do you have that laptop not plugged in and have that webcam still plugged in? Because <laughs> <laughs> your battery's dead. Um, but then again, we've determined that the greatest, the greatest diversions point in person of interest is battery life. That's true. It might just be like the, yep. the, the, like the electrical constant of the universe is different in person of interest. Interesting. <laughs> We need we need to get an electrical engineer uh, <laughs> to talk about this. Absolutely not, I refuse. Unless you are a friend of ours who's, who actually is an electrical. We're not going to electrical. we're not going to go out and solicit uh, someone. But if you happen to be a listener or a friend and have some knowledge on this subject, feel free to uh, hit us up. Overall, this is this is a much better season opener than the first season, but that's because they've just got yeah. so much to build in. It's a much better episode than a lot of the first season. I really feel like season one is just like getting you comfortable with the characters and some of the basic ideas of the show. And then the last couple episodes of season one, it just drop kicks the show into high gear and season two hits the ground, not even running, like sprinting. And it just, I don't want to say all breaks, no gas, because we have that episode with that dangerous <laughs> hit man. No breaks. All gas, no breaks. Yes. Uh, it, we, Except for the episode that is all breaks, no gas. Yeah. Well, it's not even all breaks, no gas. It's gas and brakes at the same time while you spin the wheel and pump the e-brake. It's just, <laughs> it's just chaotic and confusing. And, and, and I don't, and he looks weird. He looks weird. No, no insult to him. He goes on to do some very good shows, but he looks weird in this episode, in that episode. We'll get there. We're like trashing an episode without even saying what it is. Uh, we'll, we'll get there, listeners. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get Don't there worry. Y'all know it. And if we spend more than 20 minutes on that episode, I'm ending this podcast. Let's move on to, the, to episode two, please. Yes. See, uh, we have season two, episode two, Bad Code. Otta, you have that one taken away. Yeah, so this one was written by Greg Plagman and Patrick Harbison um, and directed by John Kasser. So I'm going to gloss over a lot of detail here. Um, Just watch the episode. There's a lot going on, um, but it was able to be summarized pretty succinctly. So here we go. So John Carter head to Texas to follow up on the number that the machine provided in response to John's plea to help him save Harold. Uh, Hannah Frey, a teen girl who went missing in 1991 and who John suspects is actually Root. They dig into the cold case and determine that Hannah is, in fact, dead. 
But that Root is her best friend, uh, Sam Groves, who was disillusioned by the police and community response to Hannah's death, um, as well as the responses to Sam's attempts to provide information on the man who abducted and killed her. Meanwhile, Root has captured Denton Weeks uh, in addition to Harold, and is trying to extract information from one and or both of them about how to access the machine. Denton, of course, finally caves and gives up the information that he has. The machine servers were shipped to their final home via a train through Salt Lake City. She promptly shoots him, uh, sedates Harold, and heads to the train station. John and Fusco uh, have been doing some detective work while this has been going on. Uh, John, based on information from the Hannah Frey case, and Fusco from investigating Corwin's murder. And they identify where Root took Harold and Weeks. Uh, they arrive too late, but find a tap code message from Harold leading them to the train station. John rescues Harold, but Root escapes. The boys head back to the library where John introduces Harold to their new son, Bear. <laughs> Accurate. I My notes, I have very few like specific notes, just a few like points. Uh, one, first, fuck that librarian. Fuck yeah. that librarian. Two, uh, as I said in the previous episode discussion, uh, as villain origin stories go, being wicked good at Oregon Trail and getting disillusioned by the system when your friend gets murdered is a pretty solid one. I love the machine's insistence on the numbers. It's really, really intense. Like, it has really, we'll get more of this later. But like, the idea that why the machine acts the way it does with regards to the numbers. Yeah, just Why? I think is I'm going to stick with is uh, really interesting and a storyline that will evolve throughout as we go forward. And it's interesting because the the machine doesn't point them directly at actual root. It points them at the cold case to solve, which gets them there because that's what it's capable of doing. Yeah. uh, Which I think is interesting. Um, And I love that fucking Fusco is crushing it with the police work again. Yeah. Like, sure, Reese is able to, like, work it backwards from a bunch of stuff, but he wouldn't have gotten there if Fusco had not, like, nailed it on the police work again. Like, the two of them really, like, converge and are like, here's my information, here's my information. Okay, we got this. Yep. It's great. Yep, totally. Uh, This episode also continues the, the trend in the show of police other than Carter and Fusco being corrupt and or incompetent. I love that about this show. I can comfortably watch this show in 2022 and there is literally one cop. There are two cops uh, who are not corrupt and one of them was corrupt. The white man. Yeah. And he was redeemed more or less by (laughs) a fantasy and a black woman. The fantasy being... Uh, two white men who selflessly spend their time trying to save other people. <laughs> like every other cop they meet is either indifferent or actively corrupt. And like the cops here, it's like they didn't bother that that plate was like she gave the right plate. Did nobody bother like re-listening to the the recording? Yeah. Or like trying like like the F versus S is like very well known. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did they not try for like literally two minutes on this case? That's apparently haunted them for twenty years. Yeah, they they were content to blame the kid. Um, yeah, I mean that's I I I appreciate it. You know. Yeah. yeah. 
So there's a funny behind the scenes thing that I, uh, yeah. So Jonathan Nolan's wife is the person who suggested Amy Acker for Root. God bless. Based, based, based on Angel. <laughs> yeah. I found that just going through the episode notes for this, and I was just like, oh, I love That's that. That's tremendously good. I love that. That someone uh that's so good that was our first our first thought when watching this was was based on angel and to have it like explicitly confirmed that that's where it came from is terrific i also love it. roots box changes from yellow to red yep and as it turns out um you know torture doesn't work but you can prisoners dilemma the fuck out of someone yeah <laughs> yeah it's She's not. She doesn't get good information from the torture, but she does use it as a helpful way to manipulate her prisoners. Yeah. Oh, and there's there's also like so many just fun bits in this episode. Like there's the there's the like gag with oh no, there's only one bed with Carter and, <laughs> and Reese is just immediately like I'm gonna sleep in the sh- gonna sleep in the bathtub. Nope, no bathtub. I'm gonna sleep in the floor. Floral work. I also like when the uh, the the yokels open the door to get their their gear back, and John's got the cross. John's got their laptop and the crossbow. He's just pointing it at the door, and they're like, "Okay, I'll come back." Closes the door again. Ah, so good. Ah, fucking. We've episode. also got we've also got weeks at some point, like in his in his like attempt to weasel his way out of having like signed the documents authorizing enhanced interrogation being like i'm just a lawyer i just i just sign documents i don't read them and it's just like dear god is that supposed to make it better uh i will again say fuck that librarian yeah and she sucks i understand why she did it but like you know yeah she sucks uh i like that root reaches out and is like legitimately grateful to John for putting yeah. her friend to rest. Yeah. I also like that it will be a continuing thing. It's not like a surprise because it will literally happen very shortly in this season. Finch refers to Root as Miss Groves for like the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Is interesting, I think, because he's the only one that does. Correct. Literally everybody else calls Root Root. I there there is a there's a hint of like trying to disarm her with that yeah i just think it's interesting i'm not making any i don't have a thesis there i just think it's interesting yeah i think i think once he's doing it we can we can definitely yeah dig we could discuss some of the context of those situations yeah we also there's also some really great bear stuff as he interacts with fusco um <laughs> because fusco is the one assigned to babysit um Vegan. and yeah. And the dog is just like terrorizing him. Yeah. Fusco trying to pronounce Dutch and the dog's jumping up on his desk and fucking around. Yeah, no, the dog is smart the dog is smarter than him. Oh. We need to talk about um God, what's his name? The Irish Terminator? Yeah, the Irish yeah, the oh, Terminator. Oh. Um uh what's his name? Um I cannot remember like <laughs> I know he has a name. He has to have a name. He does. Um, I know exactly who mean who you mean though. Hirsch. That's his name. Yeah. Hirsch. Hirsch. I don't even know when we get his name. When when what's her name shows up? 
Oh, right, right, right. When, yeah, later in the season. But yeah, yeah, so we get to meet Hirsch, who is truly one of the most unstoppable people in the series. <laughs> like, yeah. like, comparatively, like... He's well, he's like, John. He's, like, he's John he, with less ethics. He's John with, le- with less ethics and, like, seemingly powered entirely on, like assholeness and caffeine yeah like i don't even see him drinking coffee like but it's just like it's just like the dude exists entirely on spite um yeah. Yeah. He, is, he is one of like i think he, he's he's one of the like there, there's a couple figures we're gonna see throughout the series of these like minor antagonists and person of interest who are just eminently scary people he's i think he's one of these people who have found their niche where these are a class of people that are terrifying people that have found a place where they are allowed to be terrifying Mm -hmm. and they're not true believers, but they, they are good at their jobs and enjoy the, the fact that they have a place where they're allowed to be good at their jobs. See, I think the difference between Hirsch and a lot of other people, we'll get into this further as we go along, but Hirsch is a true believer in the idea of, like, the United States government. Oh, I absolutely do not agree. <laughs> um, I think Hirsch is a true believer in being excellent at what he does, and the United States government just happens to be... I don't think he's like, uh... We'll get into it. Yeah, like, we'll get we'll, we'll get down the road. But yeah, um... I Yeah, there, there's a couple of these, like, once we get introduced, of, like, repeating scary bad guys who despite having like no supernatural abilities or anything still get to be presented as terrifying to a group of hyper competent protagonists is yeah like that there's some very fine needles you've got a thread there and i enjoy it yeah agreed do we have anything else to say about this one well one of one of the kind of side things that i thought is it's a little thing um but I enjoyed it and like maybe we want to talk about it for a couple of minutes is the it's it's a costuming thing sort of namely John as the man in the suit right Mm -hmm. where by being in that like nondescript black suit in New York City it's what he uses to blend in right that he looks like he, he he matches the crowd Whereas he goes to that bar in Texas and they're immediately like, who are you fucking like dude in the suit <laughs> um, that he, he stands out. And like, I, I get that, like, he wouldn't have had time for like to go to go clothes shopping. <laughs> it's it is the, the the one thing that John seems to not be able to get about spy work is code switching. Or and yeah. blending. like John, I'm sure if you dropped in any Eurasian city, would be able to blend in and perfectly assimilate in 15 minutes. But you take him outside of the city and like say, you know, go do your thing in a small town somewhere. It's no, you're wearing a suit and like. Here's here's my rebuttal to that. John is a spy. Okay, sure, but I think he is operative more than a spy he is a soldier that does spy stuff and as such the suit is just another kind of camo that he wears and 
I don't think for him, he is blending in any more than someone who wears camo is really trying to blend in. It's just what you wear. But along those along those lines, like, you know, why why isn't he why didn't he pick up like, you know, a hunting jacket and like ripped jeans or something like that? Because that's blend again, because that's that's blending in and that's not what his attire is about. When he was a soldier, he wore camo. He's an operative. He wears a suit like for him. It's not about he's not wearing those things because he's trying to get the camouflage aspect of them out. Mm -hmm. It's because that is the uniform of what he is. And it just so happens that when you put him in his right context, it functions as it's supposed to. But when you take him out of that context, he's a guy in a nice suit in a Texas bar. That's my thoughts on that. I, I was just going with he was rushed and didn't, didn't give a shit that like he he knew that he was going to go into the bar swinging. Um, I mean, probably that too. He wasn't there. He wasn't there to make friends. Where when is John ever anywhere to make friends? But we we see him we see him put on like disguises all the time though. Uh like like even in this episode he disguises himself as the, the um, like man. He, he puts on disguise yeah, he puts <laughs> on disguises to to gain entry to places. The, so the, like that receptionist wanted that to be the start of a porno so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you have a a package for me? <laughs> Is it um, a big one? <laughs> there also little thing, but we get um we get the pattern of another person's uh, aliases in this episode, uh, mm-hmm. which is Roots, yep. where her her last name for one of her aliases that she used to said mildly mysterious and threatening books to that asshole librarian um, is Dyson. Yeah. She likes authors, science fiction authors. Well, uh, and... Or no, she, she likes mathematicians. Or mathematicians, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because Dyson is, I'm getting the name right, uh, it's Freeman Dyson. Uh, yep. Who is the guy who came up with the idea of a Dyson sphere. As well as other things that, um, frankly, I dropped out of college before I got to him. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Uh, we got anything else that we want to talk about? I don't. So the next episodes, we're going to be covering episodes three and... Oh, oh. So we're going to be covering episodes three yeah. and four of season two. Masquerade and Trigger Man. Nose goes on Trigger Man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck you. Affectionate. <laughs> I actually think... No, I think I actually volunteered to do Trigger Man. Uh, so I'm already signed up for it in our uh, on the list. So I don't mind. I like writing hate mail. So, <laughs> uh, you know what? We, we should do we should do another episode just because it's our it's like we cannot talk about that for for enough time or for enough time. Are we are we going to do a skip? Can we do it? No, is, no, no. Is, we're not, not going to do a skip. Let's do a three. Let's do a three shot. A three shot? All yeah. Right. What's after yeah. Trigger Man? Uh, it is Bury the Lead. Which one is so that? It's, it's about a journalist who's looking on, uh, who's working on HR. Oh. Oh, oh that one. So, yeah, we're just okay. doing that because we're going to, we're going to spend like, if we spend more than 15 minutes on it, I'm pulling the shoot, I'm pulling the ripcord. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, so yeah, episodes three, four, and five: Masquerade, Trigger Man, and Bury the Lead. Until next time.
you are being watched. The Babylon Project is an independent production. All views expressed on the show are our own. Clips from the original show remain property of the original owner. Music information can be found in the show notes. The rest of the show is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 share-alike no derivatives license. Did it do it?